Joe and Amber, the podcast. Thanks for hanging with us here on this Thursday night, Joe and Amber. We are neither Joe nor Amber here on ESPN Radio. Matt Schick, Teron Davenport here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And as always, you can reach us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You heard it in the Sports Center update as Northwestern's week from hell continues as not only is their football coach, Pat Fitzgerald, let go, uh, but also their baseball coach, Jim Foster. ESPN reporting it just 30 minutes ago that Jim Foster dismissed after allegations of bullying in a toxic environment within the program. Adam Rittenberg has been all over that story and the football story. Uh, Derek Gregg, athletic director at Northwestern, saying nothing will ever be more important to Northwestern than providing its students a place that allows them to develop in the classroom, in the community, and in competition at the absolute highest level and building a culture which allows our staff to thrive. End of quote. Foster was hired back in June of 2022. And according to the report that Adam just put out on ESPN.com, this firing of Foster would have happened much sooner. But, of course, Northwestern's legal and human resources department was focused on Monday's firing of football coach Pat Fitzgerald in the wake of that hazing investigation into the program. So the football coach, the lifetime coach, 17 years, had essentially a lifetime deal. Pat Fitzgerald fired on Monday. He was suspended a few days prior, turned into a firing, and now the baseball coach at Northwestern has been dismissed because of allegations of bullying and a toxic work environment. Matt Schick alongside Teron Davenport here, sitting in, filling in for Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. This is kind of a slow news week. It always is when you've got the all-star break, and that's why the ESPYs take place when they do. Not a lot of sports going on, a lot of celebrities and sports professionals able to take part in said event, which they did just last night. And it was a a great event. Uh, Tamar Hamlin was there uh, as the Buffalo Bills training staff received an ESPY award for uh, essentially saving his life. It was a, a remarkable night. Uh, you also had some, some awards handed out and in fact, LeBron James received an award for a record-breaking performance, and he got up on stage, and he was uh, surrounded by his family. He got up there to receive his ESPY and and gave a really good speech, but at, at some point, people were wondering, okay, is this leading to something? Because after they were swept by the Nuggets in the playoffs, LeBron James had said, I've got some thinking to do about my future. I don't think anyone really considered that he would retire, but he threw it out there as a possibility. You know what? I, I, I've just I've, I've got some thinking to do on this. We've seen this happen at the end of seasons where athletes say, you know what? I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. That's never the right time to make that decision, i.e. Tom Brady. But LeBron James had some time, some runway between that and last night, the end of the season, and the ESPY Awards. And last night he announced... I'm not going anywhere. When the season ended, I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself. In that moment, I'm asking myself if I can still play without cheating the game. 
Can I give everything to the game still? Truth is, I've been asking myself this question at the end of the season for a couple years now. I just never openly talked about it. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. And then there was a round of applause. Toronto, I like that. <laughs> lucky for you guys, that day's not today. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, it's lucky for us. Okay, yeah, okay, we get to watch you. All right, all right. I thought you'd say lucky for me, LeBron, I still get to play. But, Teron, it was kind of self-created speculation there where right. because he said what he said at the end of uh, that postgame sweep or that uh, – playoff sweep at the hands of the Nuggets yeah I mean I couldn't imagine the degree of frustration that he had and it was at his age you know doing what he's continuing to do at that level it obviously was something that bothered him he said that's something that he thought about in previous years but I love the great camera work that they did when they were just scanning the crowd and you saw Patrick Mahomes just kind of like sit there like oh no <laughs> and then the, the level of relief when he said that he, LeBron said that he was coming back and another thing that I really like is how he mentioned the working with the, the youth, the, the younger basketball players, and the pure love for the game, how that helped rejuvenate him. So that's, that's pretty cool. But I tell you what, I don't see him not continuing to play, you know, all the way up through at least year one for Bronny in, in, the, in the NBA. It would have been something full circle had he announced his retirement on right. ESPN, on ABC for the ESPYs. Because remember, it was nearly 13 years to the day where he announced the decision mm-hmm. on ESPN and took a lot of heat for that. That was July 8, 2010. Uh, July 12, 2023, he announces uh, there will be a 21st season after 20 elite levels in the NBA. He's going to be 39 in December. And... He signed a two-year contract extension with the Lakers last August, so it's going to keep him through the 2025 season there with the Lakers. You know what's interesting about this with Bronny, and I, I don't even think it needs to be said because Bronny, he has made it clear that he would like to play with his son. And when you're on the precipice of that, he's a guy like LeBron who's still a top-10 player in the league mm-hmm. is not going to walk away from that type of opportunity. Uh, Bronny James is going to play for USC. He's projected right now as a lottery pick, which I, I'm i still very uh, skeptical at that and where that stories, where that speculation or stories and mock drafts are coming from. But, okay, let's just assume that. So he's one and done and, and goes to – again, selfishly, I think he should stay in college two or three years. I think he could be a really good player if he develops the right way, yeah, yeah. right? But it's LeBron's kid and – Again, he's getting some great coaching right now from LeBron. He's helping coach him uh, in his summer basketball. I'm going to be calling one of his games coming up on Monday. So nice. it's going to be cool to see LeBron call uh, coach uh, his son, Bronny. But I think this goes a step further. Oh, what you got? I don't, I don't think this is even about Bronny. I think LeBron is playing the very long game with Bryce. That, that oh. would not surprise me in the least. Bryce is 15 years old, okay? He's got four inches on Bronny. Like, he's he's a big kid. Yeah. I don't know what LeBron thinks that his youngest son can accomplish, but I'm telling you, he'll be draft eligible around 2027. Would you put it past LeBron James to play four more years? I wouldn't. 
He better call up Tom Brady, you know, get on that TV 12 program. I never would thought Brady would be a quarterback at 45. So I, you never say never, I tell you that much. But I, I would struggle to imagine him playing at this level at that point. So if he feels like he's not cheating the game and, and, and continuing to play, then okay. But I don't think that's going to be the case. LeBron was asked about it in, uh, in February. He was asked if he wants to stay in the league long enough to play with Bryce, who right now is 15 years old. He said, quote, I know I'm on the side of the hill. That's for sure. End of quote. Again, Bryce would be eligible to be drafted in 2027 if he's a one and done. Who knows if the rule changes by then? Uh, his father would be 42. Again, LeBron's not showing many signs of slowing down. Maybe the hairline is showing something else, yeah, Teron, but... Um, you, he doesn't need to be a top five player in order to play. He doesn't need to be a top ten player in the league in order to play. He just needs to not cheat the game, as he said. And I don't know what that looks like, but LeBron looks like he's still a, a far from being done. I just couldn't imagine LeBron James being a guy coming off the bench or, or any of those types of situations. And It hurt me to see Melo doing that, let alone you know LeBron. So I... I don't know. Maybe he finds a way to stick around, but I, I uh, that's a little, little tough for me. I couldn't see it. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, said this on first take. Regardless of how long LeBron plays, it's time for him to not shoulder most of the load. I don't. And not because I don't believe in LeBron James. Look, I think he's the greatest player of all time. We could debate that another day. I'm staying on there 10 toes down. But when it comes down to putting expectations on a guy that's going to be 39 years old in December. I just can't do that, especially when he's playing alongside a guy that is in his prime, a top five talent, and Anthony Davis. This shouldn't be on LeBron James. Now, should LeBron James be the second option? Absolutely. But this guy, this Laker team is going to go as far as Anthony Davis could carry them. And by being honest, he should be able to be able to hold and, 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 and have the torch when it comes down to AD. So for me to put the expectations on LeBron James, who's about to be 39 years old, is unfair to him. Anthony Davis needing to carry the team. That could be a very tall task, especially with the injury uh, concerns that have been there with Anthony Davis. Matt Schick, Toronto Davenport here sitting in for Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, I've ranked my quarterback wide receiver duos. Toronto's got his rankings. He'll tell me where I'm wrong next on ESPN Radio. Camp to camp. Everywhere. Team to team. It's on this field where fortunes are made or lost. Continuing coverage. The countdown to kickoff rolls on. 56 days until the NFL season begins. Yeah, I like football, I like football season, and all the things that go with it. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Burrow, touchdown, what a start. Two actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. To the top five NFL fan bases. Cowboys. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them. The top five quarterback wide receiver duos. Number five. Well, for me, number five, and it's hard to have a top five list without Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins on it. Just on the strength of Justin Jefferson. Led the league in receiving 1,800 yards plus I mean this is a guy who is clearly the best receiver in the league right now so you have to have a tandem whatever tandem he's associated with it has to be in there so I got him at number five Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins Teron Davenport that's the voice of Teron Davenport I'm Matt Schick we're sitting in for Joe and Amber here top five quarterback wide receiver tandem I had Cousins and Jefferson at number three you've got him at five who's four Yeah, so number four for me is Tua and Tyreek Hill. And you talk about best receiver in the league, Tyreek Hill is right up there as well. And just the way Tua is so good timing on those short passing or the crossers and those type of things, and it matches perfectly with Tyreek Hill and his ability to catch and run with the football, I think that alone is what makes them good. But then obviously – Cheetah is able to get down the field, and Tua could throw it down the field. You just got to see Tua healthy, 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 healthy. That's what has to happen in order for them to elevate. But as for right now, I got them at number four. Yeah, Tua missed five games, has to stay on the field. I had Tua and Tyreek Hill at number five. You've got them at number four. Who's number three? Number three. Okay, well, you talk about a little bit of bias with, uh, you know, Josh Allen and and Stephon Diggs. Well, I got a little bias with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. I got them at number three. I couldn't put them anywhere above that, but I just love the way, no matter what, A.J. Brown down the field, you see Jalen Hurts in in the pocket, and you you just – hear something go off in in his head, it's it's this. YOLO, (laughs) A.J. Brown is down there somewhere, and he just launches it, and A.J. goes to get it. And then not to mention the timing, you know, on those crosses, just like you saw with with Tua and and Tyreek Hill. So give me A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts at number three. 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns in the 15 games they've played alongside one another. You've got Jalen and A.J. Brown at number three. I had them at number four. At uh, number two. Number two. Well, no Buffalo bias here for me. I love the routes that Stefan Diggs runs, and Josh Adams, uh, excuse me, Josh Allen is another one that will, he's just going to look to his receiver. He doesn't care who who's guarding him. He's just going to look to him. I think when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the best receivers in the league, you can't not have them in your top two. So 
That's my justification for those two. I had uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs at number one, but if uh, if it were a futures market because of the age of your two number ones, I would probably agree. Number one. Number one. Listen, man, I say this time and time again about Joe Burrow. He's the guy, you could take him, you could take Joe, you could drop Joe Burrow off at the block in, in any city, and he's going to be all right. He's just that cool. <laughs> and then you turn around and you got Jamar Chase. He's unstoppable. He gives it to you, yards after the catch, deep passes, back shoulder, however you want. I think if if these two could play a full season together, you're going to see exactly why the, this is the best tandem. And then just to give you a couple numbers here, when Joe Burrow is not playing in a game with Jamar Chase, his passer rating is 99.9. When he has him, it's 104.8. That lets you know right there. You're talking about almost a five-point difference in, in passer rating. And uh, I saw firsthand. I saw them really uh, cancel all of Christmas for Nashville when, when they came down here <laughs> and, and beat the Titans in the divisional playoff game when the Titans were the number one seed. So there you have it right there. I wanted to include Patrick Mahomes in this list, but I just couldn't get down with Kadarius Tony yet. And I said you you can't have the best quarterback or best receiver in the league along with his quarterback. But Kirk Cousins is at least – he's established. I mean, you could call him a top – top 12 quarterback, but I don't know that you could say that about Kadarius Tony yet. So that's why I left the great Patrick Mahomes and Tony <laughs> off. I wanted to do Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but you know, we're sticking to the rules here. We're that's going right. quarterback wide receiver. Not there pass have catcher, been some other receiver. hosts that have taken some liberties and said Travis Kelsey because he catches passes. Uh, no, that's not that. Those were not the rules, but the fact that Patrick Mahomes is not on this list for the quarterback wide receiver duos tells you why he's number one hey, on the list of quarterbacks. It? How about I mean, it? It cannot be argued. I, I get it. You know, yards per attempt, yards per catch in terms of completions last year, it was down. Well, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have much outside Tyreek of Travis Hill was Kelsey. Gone. The guy Tyreek he was, was going bombs over back that too. But that's, that just tells you. Quarterback, wide receiver duos, Patrick Mahomes not on the list. Yeah. Yet he's won a, he just won another Super Bowl, and he's the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, without a doubt, and it just lets you know. But I tell you, some sleepers, we mentioned Justin Fields and DJ Moore. That's yep. one. But I tell you another one to watch out for, Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm looking mm -hmm. for a lot of production from them. I'm interested in Lamar Jackson and OBJ. Is yes. OBJ, can he be healthy? Can he get through a season? How's he doing on the backside of his career? Another LSU, former LSU wideout as well. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Schick alongside Teron Davenport here on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, sound on, sound off. Yo, it's Jay Will. Coming up on Friday, we all know Jalen Hurts is the best QB in the NFC. But just how good are the rest of the quarterbacks in that conference? Oh, it all begins at 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Matt Schick, Toronto Davenport here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Just got done ranking the best quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL. I did mine last hour. Toronto did his this hour, let's get to Lincoln in Nashville. Wants to weigh in. 888-SAY-ESPN. Go ahead, Lincoln. What's up? Hey, uh, how you guys doing, man? Appreciate the Great. call. I just, I've heard several top five wide receiver, top five wide receiver QB duos. And I just don't, I haven't heard not one time someone say, except just a second ago, about Amon Ross St. Brown and Jared Goff. Those boys are going to be a threat up there in the NFC and easily going to take the North. I believe. Hey, listen. You have Lincoln, is, Lincoln is out there dropping gems because I definitely uh, refer to that one. Now, I don't know about top five, but it's, it's one to watch. And I think Jared Goff, him going to Detroit and the way he's just evolved as a quarterback, I think it's been pretty cool to watch because uh, he's been able to find St. Brown. I mean, this group, and then also you look at Khalif Raymond and, and Josh Reynolds. I, I like what the Lions are doing, and they're the hot thing right now. And they just have to make sure that they don't believe they're the hot thing and, and keep that same underdog type of mindset. But I think you look at Jared Goff, he should be in the, this discussion for a Pro Bowl when you're talking about wow. NFC quarterbacks. Well, can you think about if it were just that division, um, I'd be with you. Uh, but I think that division is pretty much a toss-up this year. Uh, yeah. that is, that's going to be a really interesting division. We'll see what kind of growth the fields can have with uh, DJ Moore. There's going to be a lot to be – a lot to be uh, captivated by in that division in the NFL. All right. It is now time for a little sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Let's do it. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. All right. What do you got here, Nick? All right, guys, we'll start with Bill Barnwell. He was on the 12 o'clock Sports Center, and he talked about Ezekiel Elliott because, as I forgot, is currently a free agent. <laughs> he uh, picked what team he thinks is the best fit for Zeke. I would go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that's revolving. Let's use that word on offense. Post Tom Brady with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask possibly at quarterback. Last year, they were the worst team in the NFL in terms of yards per carry running between the tackles. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, not a great runner outside the tackles at this point of his career. He was last in the NFL in rush yards over expectation there for the NFL's next-gen stats, but still a solid runner between the tackles. So he's not going to be, again, the, the 300 carry guy. He's not going to be your, your all-pro running back, but can he be part of a rotation with Rashad White where he's the, you know, sort of the thunder to Rashad White's lightning? Yeah, I, I could see that making sense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, that's I could see that happening. Um, I tell you what, there's a team called the Chiefs out there that has McKinnon and Pacheco that maybe look. They just had a guy in Melvin Gordon not carry the ball and win a Super Bowl. 
All right, so maybe a guy like Zeke can help him out there. But what about a team like the Buffalo Bills? What about a team like the Bills who, I don't know, Damian Harris, apologies, but I'm not sure if you're going to be the guy that's going to be able to get this team over the hump. James Cook is is pretty much unproven. I know they've got Latavius Murray as well, but those are just a couple others that I think he, he might be able to assist. I've seen some videos. He looks pretty good. Again, he's not wearing pads. He's in shorts. Uh, there's nothing like a motivated Zeke Elliott, Toronto. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Matt. You bring up the Bills, and that's exactly who I was thinking because when I was going through my quarterback list, one of the things that I said about Josh Allen that had him ranked high for me was the fact that he's also their best running back. You Short yardage situation, they're going QB power all the time, but you get Ezekiel Elliott to come in and be your guy that could pick up those tough short yarders and be that guy to step up for you in a low red zone, and now – your scoring percentages will go up. Your red zone scoring will go up. So, for me, the team will be the Bills. Okay. I like that one. All right, next sound on, sound off. What do we got? All right, Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN NFL front office insider, was on Get Up today, and he spoke about the New York Jets being selected to be on hard knocks this season. Take a listen to Tannenbaum. It's actually a good thing, and in 2009, NFL Films approached us, and I said, no, I didn't want to do it. I sound a lot like Coach Sala, but – I had an interesting conversation with Ozzie Newsom, the long-term, very successful GM of the Baltimore Ravens, who said, hey, we actually got better practices because the players know the eyes of the football world are upon them. And that's exactly what happened, Ryan. We had an unbelievably competitive and productive training camp. Players practiced hard. NFL Films was elegant. We had crazy storylines like Darrell Rivas, amongst many other things. Uh, but it really turned out to be a positive, and we had a great season. So I give NFL Films a ton of credit. And if I'm the Jets, if I know that I just traded for Aaron Rodgers, it's very likely this was going to happen. So I would say embrace it and embrace the competition. Embrace it. Easy to say from someone who's not going to be on hard knocks. I get the <laughs> point, but no one wants to be on this if you're a coach. You don't want the distractions. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to be on that. And it's funny that he he's he's saying that because he actually has been through it. One of the things that he posted earlier in regards to Quentin Williams signing his deal, he was like, the best thing to do about hard knocks is to not have a holdout during the programming. And that's what the Jets avoided. So at least they were able to do that. But it's just all the extra eyes. And I don't know. It's it's fun to watch. But I know if I was a coach, I wouldn't. It's funny that you say that about Quinn and Williams. It's like, hey, we found out we're on hard knocks. All right, get that deal done yeah, now. Please. Make it happen. Get that deal done. We do not need this hanging in the wind. By the way, the Jets, when you think about it, this is going to be a really interesting. I know he's trying to draw the parallels of 09. They went to the AFC Championship game, went to the AFC Championship game in 2010 as well. This is the type of team in the Jets. You don't sign Aaron Rodgers to just have a good time and hopefully compete. You do oh, it no. to get to a Super Bowl and win it, right? And this defense with yes. Quinn and Williams Preach. was a defense last year that was fourth in the NFL in scoring defense and allowed 20 or fewer points in 10 of 17 games last season. That's, that's a recipe for at least nine or ten wins. Did you see the Patriots game, man? <laughs> I did. I mean, I did. come on. If I'm a defensive player, like, I, I'm just sitting in the locker room. and it, I'm, I'm doing the Tom Jackson. Come on, man. That's what I'm hitting them with. Because it's just a couple – you guys couldn't give me 10 right. points, you know. But, yeah, with Aaron Rodgers in the mix now, I think they'll be much better and a lot of eyes will be on them. Going to be a great story. All right, next one here on Sound Off, Sound On, Sound Off. 
Teron, the uh, sad part about that is you had to specify which Patriot game because they were both pretty brutal. <laughs> All right, Buster, only ESPN MLB Insider was on Get Up today, and the Angels are have a big decision to make here in the coming weeks before the MLB trade deadline. Take a listen to Buster talking about possibly trading Shohei Otani. In talking with sources yesterday around baseball, as of this moment, he's not available. But that could be tested in the next two weeks because when you look at the Angels' schedule coming out of the gate, they're going to be facing a bunch of teams that they're actually chasing in the standings. Now, as of this morning, they're five games behind in the wild card race. According to Fangraphs, 11% chance of making the playoffs. But right out of the gate, they face the Astros this weekend. We have them on Sunday Night Baseball. Then they face the Yankees. Then a couple series later, they're going to be facing the Toronto Blue Jays. These are all teams that they're chasing. That will give clarity to owner Artie Moreno as to whether or not he's going to potentially trade Otani. And look, the right baseball decision might be to flip Otani for three prospects who can help you going forward. That's a good take from Buster, and I like the fact that he laid out the schedule a little bit because that August 1st trade deadline, you don't want fool's gold leading up to that. You want to know, are we in? Are we out? Do we have enough to make a postseason run? And if so, do we maybe mortgage a little bit of our future to try and win this season? It's a big decision to make, but they are going to get some clarity here in the next couple of weeks. Here's the thing, Matt. If you trade Otani, what does that say to Mike Trout? Like if you're Mike Trout, what do you? How do you look at this situation? And I know they've had two of the best players in baseball for a while now, and they haven't really produced much to to show for it. But if I'm Mike Trout and I see Otani get traded, I, I'm just thinking, okay, what direction are we going here? You know what direction I'm going to the bank for my four hundred and twenty million dollars guaranteed money for Mike Trout. Don't you dare cry for hey, Mike Trout. You, you, heard, you ever hear that song B.I.G. More money, more problems. Right, yeah. Hey, listen, I, I think that could apply here. <laughs> sign, sign me up for those problems. All right. One more here. All right. Last one. Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame head coach, entering his second year with the Fighting Irish. He was on ESPN Radio to talk about how Notre Dame, a current independent school, can compete with the Alabama and Ohio States of the worlds. The thing we have to do is continue to sell what makes Notre Dame unique and Notre Dame special. And uh, I think you, you, you said it in that first statement is that, man, we're independent. We are, are, are unique. Um, we're not a part of a league. We're not a part of a changing conference. Because every time they talk about conference realignment, every time they talk about conference expansions, they say, and Notre Dame. And that's what you want. You want to make sure that when we're in having those conversations that Notre Dame is put in a position to be in a win situation. I do believe we are in a situation to have success with that. Okay. Totally get it. Marcus Freeman is very up and down season last year. Very likable guy. I hope he's very successful. Here's how you separate yourself. You don't lose to Marshall or Stanford. Yikes. Okay? You don't lose to teams that you are significantly better than. And, again, that was year one, Marcus Freeman. You're going to have those that learning curve, and people are getting used to the sound of your voice. you got a new offensive coordinator as well. If you lost Tommy Reese and you promoted from within, it's going to be a very interesting season here for Notre Dame, and all eyes are going to be on that week five game late September when they host Ohio State. They have a chance to be 4-0 when they host the Buckeyes going into that game. Yeah, that winning that game is the way you compete with, with those schools and separate yourself. I don't necessarily agree with the independent moniker because, look, man, 
for a lot of these cases, especially SEC and, and Big Ten, you win that conference, you are more than likely going to be in the playoffs. And and now with it being expanded, you're going to have a better seed in the playoffs. So I think the conference being in those conferences is actually a, an advantage for Alabama and for Ohio State. But I know Alabama doesn't want to have to see Georgia too many times. I get that. But still, if you overcome that hurdle, you're in there. Yeah, Alabama's played Georgia, what, twice in the last 12 years in the regular season? Very smart, uh, very yeah. smart. But they do see them uh, in the postseason in the SEC championship game. It's Joe and Amber, Matt Schick and Tron Davenport filling in for Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. We'll stick with college sports coming up. Have we seen the last great days of Big 12 football? Plus, another D lineman gets paid in the NFL. He's worth every penny, and it's not just because of what he does on the field. We'll explain next here on ESPN Radio. I love the composition of this conference right now. The excitement the four new members have brought to this conference has been incredible. You're going to go from one week to the next, and so it just makes it for a way interesting and unique league. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. I love the composition of this conference right now. The excitement the four new members have brought to this conference has been incredible. It was, you know, Kansas State, us, you know, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Texas were all heavy tight ends, almost looking like the Big Ten a little bit. And so you're going to go from one week to the next. And so it just makes it for a way interesting and unique league. Interesting season in the Big 12 and in college football. You got a few new members. You got Houston, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati entering the Big 12. You got Oklahoma and Texas in their swan song in the Big 12. Perhaps Texas, Teron Davenport can be finally back and we stop uh, can stop asking that question. And you have an Oklahoma team that had its first losing season in 24 years last year going 6 and 7. So there's a there's a lot there, and media days just wrapped up today. Yeah, without a doubt. I guess you know Cincinnati, Houston, uh, BYU. They're gonna have to forget how to play defense because you know how it goes in that Big Twelve. Man, it's fast break football. We're talking about forty to fifty points being scored by both teams. So we'll we'll see how it goes. And it's just the collection of teams is just intriguing to me. Just because it just it just seems kind of like a hodgepodge of of programs. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to the the league. They are, you know, one of the major conferences. And then you got the Pac-12. What's going to happen there? You know, USC and UCLA are headed to the Big Ten after this season. Brett Yormark, though, the Big 12 commissioner, uh, not concerned about keeping up with the Big Two. I don't know it's a, it's, if it's a, a, as much about keeping up or being the best version of ourselves. And that's kind of what I say to our ADs and our presidents all the time. Let's not worry about the others. Let's develop a plan, which we have. And let's manage to that plan. And there's, you know, obviously many things that we want to accomplish by, you know, getting back to the profile and the narrative and how we leverage the, the prowess of ESPN and Fox and where we go potentially with, with expansion, et cetera, et cetera. So my goal is to be the best version of who we can be. And I think that takes care of itself. It'll be very interesting here, Teron Davenport. I like his mindset. He's, a, he's pretty much a go-getter. He's pretty brazen. He's not shying away from what they want to accomplish. He's not saying they're not going to expand. He's like, look, we're, we're looking. We're looking coast to coast. We'll see what's out there, and we're going to be proactive. The Big 12 was left for dead multiple times 
multiple times. You go back to the days when Nebraska left for the Big Ten and Texas looked like they were leaving for the Pac-12. There's a lot of things going on there. And here's the Big 12 now, even with Texas and OU leaving, uh, announcing that last year, a couple of years ago. Now here they are in the Big 12. Might be not better than ever, but going to be okay here. Going to be maybe number three in the pecking order. Yeah, I, I would probably put them at number three. I, I just like what he said about being the best version of themselves. And that's yeah. all you could do. You can't really be concerned about the other conferences. You just do the best that you can and, and just, you know, hope that you'll have teams represent you in the playoffs. Matt Schick, Toronto Davenport here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. So everyone's looking up at the SEC after winning another national championship. The Georgia Bulldogs looking for three straight. We'll see if they can get by Alabama yet again. Uh, Quinn and Williams, former Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, top five pick a handful of years ago, just got paid. It was announced today. The number two, the number three overall pick back in 2019 gets a $66 million in guarantees. Four years, $96 million mega deal. Largest second contract ever for a defensive tackle. We talked about the Jets earlier, about how they might be able to challenge the Bills. That's a great defense. He is worth every penny. 12-sack campaign last year, first Pro Bowl and all-pro nods. He's worth every penny, Teron Davenport. But I don't really care about the on-the-field stuff. As a member of the media, I want someone who gives you something when he speaks into the microphone. We got a best of here. Let's play clip one. This is Quinn Williams when he was in college playing for Alabama, getting set for the national semifinal against Kyler Murray and Oklahoma. And he was asked, how how are you getting ready for Kyler Murray? You think he's going to be tough? And Quinn and Williams had to stop himself mid-sentence knowing Nick Saban is probably listening. You've gone up against any quarterback that slightly resembles Kyler Murray. Uh, now I don't feel like I have going against a quarterback that slightly resembles Kyler Murray, but uh, I feel like Kyler Murray is not uh, where about <clears throat> – no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> One of the best sound bites ever that he didn't even finish. No, nope, I'm good. I'm, I don't Yo. need to say anything. He put the clamps on that. <laughs> he stopped speaking real quick. He realized where he was going. That angel on the shoulder, Nick Saban, don't you dare give them bulletin board material. Don't you dare. All right. Now, now we got another one from Quinn and Williams. I believe this is shortly after he was drafted. I can't remember. Yeah. But he sneezes during the interview, and then listen. <laughs> the different uh, character things. Oh, listen, thank you that I got here, so. <laughs> okay. Quinn Williams not only sneezes, then blesses himself <laughs> and thanks himself for the blessing. Yeah, that's pure comedy, man. <laughs> so good it's so good all right so those are two nothing though compares to this he recently i don't know how recent this was maybe it was last year talking about madden he's gonna be playing madden and he might be himself in the game my radio i got an 80 on ultimate team so i'm gonna go play with myself today so, see how I feel. That came out weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad. I'm playing myself. I'm mad. <laughs> Thank you, Quentin. Thank you, Quentin. Quentin Williams. That came out weird. <laughs> that came out weird. 
You know what? $66 million in guarantees. Take it all, my man. Take it all. He is such a good dude. He's a great player. And put the microphone in his face any chance you get. Yeah, no doubt, man. Shout out Nicole Lynn for, uh, you know, getting that done. Yeah. She's done an excellent job. It's been cool seeing her rise as an agent. The Brinks truck, truck backing up again for her and for Quinn and Williams. Freddie and Fitzsimmons next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Yo, it's Jay Will. Coming up on Friday, we all know Jalen Hurts is the best QB in the NFC, but just how good are the rest of the quarterbacks in that conference? All it all begins at 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.